Marini's Media. Here's the thing then, if we null and void, there would be no Parky and Clarky's greatest hits. No Joe Quilly singing love songs to Bolton in his choir and no Grimsby Mary Poppins. If football be the food of love, then play on or something like that. This is the Totally Football League show and this is the one where it's time to say goodbye. Hello, I'm Caroline Barker and in 2019-20 I made an inaudible sound more than once. Or I say inaudible, clearly Abby picked it up and we'll probably play some of those at the end of the show. Our first guest though declared his love for Parmos and Pies more than once. Hello Sam Parkin. Good morning, how are you doing Caroline? I'm alright. Did, 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 have you ever done a Parmo and Pie combination? Is that even possible? I don't think I've had a Parma. Parmo. It's from Middlesbrough, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think I've had one, no, I mean... I think that the went oat well. Cake, the oatcake in the potteries <laughs> blew my mind. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'll, that was it. Maybe I'll delve into the Parmos next season. Do it. Do it. <laughs> uh, tactically, he wouldn't get those two muddled up. He outdid us more than at least once. He's Adrian Clark. Hi. 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 I'm all right. For those that, that can't see this, because you won't be able to see it, you're just listening to it, you do have a football shirt up in the background at the moment, which is from when? Uh, yeah, it's not the famous custard splat South End shirt, unfortunately. But yeah, no, this is um, yeah just my number twenty nine shirt from from my I think it's from my uh, full debut against QPR all those years ago, Boxing Day nineteen ninety six, three 0 win, boom, great day. Yeah, I think it's from, and then manages to reel off <laughs> wow. exactly when it was from. I, I don't I don't actually I can't one hundred percent be sure this is the shirt I wore because I had a few, a few that I sort of gathered, but uh, yeah, I'm claiming it is. Uh, and the one time his team could have gone down, they could be saved for once. Who's this? Why, it's Joe Crilly. Hello. Have you been practising your We Are Staying Up Bolton song, Should Should the Unthinkable Happen? Yeah, I've been uh, in our, our little two-by-four garden in the back. I've just been running around in circles singing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if nothing else, then for you, for you alone, I hope that they just, just freeze everything right now and say, nah, it's gone, done. Funnily enough, I was um, I was doing a little bit of housework, which is um, far too uncommon for me. And I found an old um, completed football sticker album from 1996. And I did have a look to see whether Adrian was in the Arsenal team picture, but sadly not. Was he not the shiny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I'm going to bid on eBay for that that one shiny of you, Adrian Clark. I'm sure it's there. Uh, why all the reminiscing? Well, this is our last show for the moment. We are pausing our season whilst there's still hope for Joe and still hope for Southend. But never fear, we will be back when the football is back. Here's what we've got coming up for you then on our last but not really last show. We've a viral sensation, a sensible chairman, no really, and the roundup of our League Two team of the year. Let's get on with it then. Well, this is the the current EFL state of play. There's been an idea floated that League One and Two, there might be an eight-team playoff for promotion. Adrian, you agree with that? (laughs) It's got to be a wind-up. It has to be. (laughs) I mean, it it can't... Yeah. Look, if there's time to organise a little mini-cup competition, there's time to, to get all the games played. I have to say, though, guys, and and I don't want to say this, I'm less confident now that that the League One and League Two seasons will be completed yeah. than I was when, when all this started, unfortunately. The, the growing sense that I get is that it might not, which which would be awful in a in a sporting sense. And if and if it does start, I mean, 
when? I mean, I just feel it's a, it's still a long, long time away, sadly. Yeah, we don't we don't want a sand press repeat on on kind of all we said over the last few weeks. But having seen what's happened in France, the Dutch leagues too, it's sort of when that one happens, that domino effect, you kind of get the feeling it might happen here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think if you, you went back to our first podcast after the the beginning of the pandemic, we were very optimistic about it returning. But I completely agree with with Adrian, and you want to see the teams rewarded for doing well. Um, you want to believe that they'll still get promoted and have their opportunity at the higher level. But I think with that, the teams that have been poor need to be need to be penalised as well. There needs to be relegation. Maybe mm. do away with the playoffs, um, do the points per game, and have the, just the top two go up. But then that would mean five or six clubs that are battling to get into the playoff picture and get promoted will probably uh, have a good case for legal action. It's it's going to be a mess, but I completely agree with Adrian. And the longer it goes on, the more and more I'm, I suppose, as an individual, getting my head around the season maybe being scrapped. Joe, I know you've got like, multiple WhatsApp groups with your Bolton mates um, and, and also going on the forum too. This, this other thing we've seen this week is about budgets, seeing a bit more transparency over budgets. We're going to hear from a chairman, a chairman even later in the show. We'll talk about whether we should have fixed payments next season, whether we should look at, at maybe the budgets again and being open about them. Where, what are the fans saying to you about it at the moment? It's all pretty quiet. There's, there's actually slight whispers about uh, a, a potential takeover at Bolton. Uh, and I don't know how true this is, but but Mike Ashley's name has been <laughs> banded around. And, and what was uh, the but, emoji reaction to that? Uh, mine was the uh, the green sick face. <laughs> but <laughs> actually, uh, compared to uh, Ken Anderson, I think Mike Ashley is a fantastic owner. <laughs> um, in terms of finances, if nothing changes, I'm I'm pretty sh- certain that that some clubs will will. Um, unfortunately go yeah. uh, go under uh, unless there is help from the the football association at Bolton I d- we've got new owners I don't know how wealthy they are how willing they are to put their hand in their pocket I don't know what the situation would be were uh, it to get into a, a a tough financial state at Bolton I know that the, the they've taken up the furlough option from the government uh, at the moment at Bolton as I'm sure most lower league clubs will do uh, mm-hmm. if they haven't already. But in terms of the the, the finances for a club like Bolton Wanderers, I've, I mean, they just need to get football back, but they can't play it behind closed doors because they're not getting TV revenue money. They need to be playing in front of a crowd. And and there lies the problem, particularly if the Premier League completes, where does the EFL stand in that and, and the knock-on effect down and down? The leagues. We're going to start, though, although that has already started. Uh, we're not quite yet finished with the championship. You're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. Into the championship then, and Derby's players and staff have agreed to take deferrals, though they're, they're not saying how much, but their statement did specifically thank Wayne Rooney for his help in negotiations. So that's nice. Stylish Sabri is in talks over a new contract at Forest. And after we finished recording last week, news came out that Michael O'Neill had left Northern Ireland to fully concentrate on his Stoke duties. The other big managerial news this week, because if you thought your job might be safe if you were a manager at this time, nah. After there were no matches 
to test against him. Well, the test still came. Luton Town parted company with Graham Jones on Friday. Surprised, Adrian, or see the reasoning behind it? I'm not surprised because I didn't think he had a particularly good season. The results had actually began to pick up. There were signs of life, weren't there, at Kenilworth Road? So, yeah, obviously the timing is 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 really, really odd, isn't it? In terms of why make the change now. I assume that, that contracts would have had to have been paid up. Maybe they've come to an agreement that saves Luton Town a little bit of money in the long run. Maybe their, their mind had already been made up that they were going to make a change and it, and it was financially better for them to do it now than rather than wait. I, I don't know, but um, I, I don't think he did a particularly brilliant job with the team. So, so in that sense, this is the championship. You pay for that, don't you, with the job? Yeah, they, they said it's in order to reduce the, the cost base. So that kind of underlines that. And they've got Mick Harford sat there, Sam. And I guess when we don't know anything else that's happening at the moment, then you just sit with that, right? Yeah, I don't know how much Mick would want to be back in the, the firing line. I think he enjoys his role at the club. It's his club. In terms of Graham Jones, it hasn't felt like the right fit from the word go really uh, quite pessimistic in his interviews don't think the fans took to him because of that straight away and I think some mistakes as well that, that spending that money on the goalkeeper when other areas of the, the pitch probably needed strengthened and I think if we rewind to the, the back of last season when they limped over the line a little bit that lack of a you know, quality holding midfield player, I think, it's really its ugly, ugly head at times this season. And, you know, losing the fullbacks was, was enormous as well. So it's been a struggle this year. And we probably anticipated, well, I think I did in the, the predictions, Luton being fine this year. So been a struggle, not too much of a surprise. Just a shame that Gary Sweet didn't give us the exclusive, the meanie. <laughs> Maybe he did. Maybe just cut it out because I waffle on and on and on. Talking of waffling, uh, let's get on with the rest of the show, shall we? Turn on your Twitter or actually turn on anything at the moment and you'll see one face beaming back at you. Johnny Jackson, Charlton assistant manager, crooner, an all-round star. The alarm goes off and we're in the full Still don't know if we're anywhere near the peak. I watch the news and the daily brief. I get the same old sinking feeling. I said, that's isolation. That's isolation. You've been everywhere. Every radio station, every TV network. What's it, what's it like being a viral sensation? It's a bit weird. It's a bit strange. It's just gone, it's gone nuts since that first one a couple of days ago. Yeah, honestly, the phone ain't stopped going. I've had a few requests to go on and do live things and stuff like that, which I ain't sure I'm ready for. But um, live gigs, I mean. But yeah, it's been good. It's been good. It's just it's 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 nice that there's been a bit of momentum behind it because at the end of the day, I'm trying to trying to raise a bit of money for the charity. So the fact that people are getting behind it's brilliant. John, obviously, I've been privy to some of your singing in the past. Um, I'll let the, the, the troops in. There was a, a wonderful Coldplay Green Eyes on Broad Street in Birmingham when you borrowed a, a busker's guitar. <laughs> it was absolutely magnificent considering the amount you'd consumed over the previous 48 hours. <laughs> a park life in uh, San Antonio in Ibiza. Magnificent <laughs> Phil Daniels. Not exactly testing your range, I would say, but very good performance, stage performance. Falling on from Adrian then, considering um, 
you've done the jam. We're going to get a little bit of Green Day, I believe. Who would be the dream collaboration? I think I'd have to say the boss, you know, Springsteen. I think that would be the ultimate for me to be up on stage with with a boss and the E Street Band, Sam. I think that would be uh, that would be the dream. But there's a, there's a common denominator in all them stories: alcohol. So I think I'd have to get pretty uh, pretty cut before I'd have the nerve to get up there with a the boss somehow. Sam Sam is also the common denominator in all of that. So are you looking for a backing singer? I've not heard his range, Sam. What's it like? Give us a little, give us a little demo, and then I, I can decide. Yeah, we don't just take anyone on board, you know. Of course. Have, I think I, I think I was lead vocalist maybe on the the Coldplay number, and I probably did, <laughs> I probably did rock and roll star that night in, in Ibiza. Normally, Oasis was my go-to, but purely because of the stance rather than the vocal range. <laughs> you, you mentioned Johnny. This is for a. Uh, a great cause tell us what it's about and, and what you're aiming to do yeah so obviously i would have run the, the london marathon on on sunday just gone for my my charity children with cancer uk so obviously that that never happened it's been postponed until october so the fundraising was on the back burner a little bit and sort of got a little bit forgotten about where we knew that the race wasn't going to be for months so Originally, when I started out, like just messing about with these songs, it was just for a, just for a giggle, just for a laugh, really. And then when we put the when we put the first one out, I actually went out on on Charlton's Academy website because the fellow who runs the education was desperate. He said, "Please put one out, put one out. They'll love it. They'll love it." So I let him do one reluctantly. And then it was after that that, that a bit of momentum got behind it. Like a lot of the feedback was good. So then I had the idea. Well. Why don't I link it to my charity? Um, and then sort of what we've, what we've done is you get to X amount of donations and then we'll do another one and then we'll, ju- we'll probably just keep doing it that. So we, we, put a, we put a cap on it. said so if we get to that donation, then, then we'll release another one. And I thought it was going to take maybe three or four days or something like that. And it happened the same day. So we almost had two to go in a day, but we put it off till yesterday. But one went out yesterday and then we've reached the next target again already. So either I'm going to have to come up with one a, one a day or I'm going to have to start putting the target up a bit further because I think one a day might, I might struggle. Uh, just on the running, Johnny, uh, not a lot of ex-players, it seems to be their go-to uh, probably to keep them sane. And obviously you're in a pressurised situation. I suppose there's more pressure now than when you were just rolling up and, and playing. H- how important has the, the running been in your, your working life now? For me, oh, for me, last when I done the marathon last year, it was it was a godsend because it was my first it was my first season not playing, and it gave me a real it gave me something to stay fit for, it gave me a real focus, something to something to aim for. So it was a lifesaver last year. I just loved being out there. I mean, on the you run, Sam, you know what it's like. Sometimes you just need to get out there on your own, in your own headspace. You're not thinking about football and worries and all the, all the troubles that, that come with everyday life. You're just sort of out there on your own listening to your music. And it's a real, for me, I find it a real escape. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it that much. That I've carried it on. I'm obviously doing the marathon again because I just, I, I enjoy it. I really enjoy the train. It's hard. It's hard sometimes, especially being out there for on your long runs on your own uh, for that long. But, but it, it definitely, it definitely helps with your peace of mind. Just briefly on, on the football Johnny, it would be remiss of us if we didn't ask about what's going on at Charlton at the moment. 
Are you any clearer as to what the picture is with the, the club and, and how's that affecting you? No, we're not really any clearer. Obviously, it's been, it's been a mess behind the scenes and uh, I think the disappointing thing is, is the way that it's played out publicly. For me, these things should always be kept in-house and only certain people should be privy to it. And the fact that there's been a back and forth in, in the public eye on radio stations and tit for tat and one-upmanship, I don't think paints the club in a very good light. And, and it's unfair because, because the people at the football club, the players, the staff, people behind the scenes at the Valley and stuff like that are, are all good people that, that have got the best interests of the club in their heart. And they work hard every day and don't deserve to be sort of dragged through the mud, if you like. Um, but the situation, yeah, it, it is ongoing. It is uncertain. Uh, and there's not, there's not much we can do about that than, than just sort of, than hope, really. We, we, you know, we've, we've all played our part with some of the staff have, uh, have been furloughed. Some of us have taken deferrals just to, just to try and help the club through this time which we would have done under any circumstance, normal circumstances, but, you know, throw in a sort of bit of, bit of a power struggle. It's not, it's not help because we're all, you know, the, the people on the ground that are serving the football club are all trying to do their best for the football club. And we need that reciprocated from, from above, really. Absolutely, you do. And can I just ask you about the, the state of play and where, where you guys stand? Um, Premier League, project restart is, is big, big news, of course. There's more uncertainty with the EFL, particularly Leagues 1 and 2. It appears the Championship are desperate to complete the season. Do you know how your players would, would feel about getting back out there on, on the pitch and, and being forced into, into picking up the season? Do you think they'll overwhelmingly be in favour of it or do you think that some people will be nervous about it for, un, for understandable reasons? I think they'd be... I think there'd be a mixed bag. I think you're, you know, you're talking about a, a group of 20, 22 fellas. There'll be some that probably younger ones are a bit blasé to the situation and probably just want to get back playing football. That's all they know and care about. You have older ones with children, pregnant partners, things like that, that are naturally going to be more apprehensive. You'll get ones that are out of contract, that are going to have their own agendas and issues if we go beyond June, which... If we do get playing, back playing is, is a certainty that it will go beyond June. Then you've got the whole issue, the contract issue and can you force people to play? Like the Premier League saying we'll run contracts on, but players might not want their contracts run on. Some might, some won't. Some clubs, ours especially, probably won't have funds to run contracts on. So it's all very well and good. The Premier League saying, well, we'll just run it on. We'll play it. We'll play it when it's safe and We'll just resume when we can, whenever that is. If it's August, September, October, some of the things I'm hearing, like for for further down, clubs like us, it's just not it's just not viable. Like, we all want to get back playing. That, that's for sure. And the fairest way to finish the league is is to play it out. But the longer this situation goes on, um, the less and less viable that becomes. I think, and I think the the time frame that the Premier League are putting on it to be back playing in early June just seems a complete pipe dream to me. That, that I mean, the, the things that need to be in place before that could could even be thought about, um, the testing, the logistics of it, where it's going to be, you know, you know when, when the numbers that are coming in every day of people dying and people's safety has to be paramount, that just seems wholly unrealistic to me. I don't want to try not to 
be pessimistic because we, I'd love to get back playing. But for me, there has to be a cutoff at some stage. If we're not back playing by this time, or if we're not going to finish by this time, then then we need to start preparing for the future because at the moment the uncertainty is going to kill a lot of football clubs further down the pyramid. I think what's that's come across in in the chat we've had now over the last 10 minutes or so and people watching your videos is first and foremost you love that club right so before we let you go what would you what would you say to the fans who I am sure at the moment would forgive you and Lee or would un- at least understand it if you wanted to walk away from that club given all that you've done and all that you've been through what would you say to them about about what this club means to you yeah all I would say is I'll echo I'll echo what I said earlier about the people that are at the football club it's a real it's a real tight-knit group the people that are on the ground serving the football club every day um are good genuine people that have got the club at their heart no more so than 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 Lee and myself we we play for the club Lee Lee began his career at the football club I've been at the football club for for over 10 years so it's a huge part of our lives and we care deeply about it And and if we didn't we wouldn't still be there. I mean, there's been there's been opportunities to to perhaps go elsewhere that that haven't been taken up because we always saw our future there and, and we wanted the best for the football club. So we've hung around because we want to do the right thing and we want to help and we want we want the football club to be successful. But unfortunately, it's not just down to to one or two people. It needs it needs everyone and it needs structure and and the ownership situation sorted out and it needs investment for it to be on a sure footing we can only do so much on the training pitch uh, and on the football pitch and we can't even do that at the moment so I mean it's a lot bigger than, than Lee and myself but we're fighting hard every day for the for the club in the conversations that we're having we're trying to do the right thing so I can assure the fans that, that the people there on the ground are doing everything that they can to, to, to sort of sort out the future of the football club and that's all we can do at the moment too right. Well said. Johnny, we, we're going to end our show playing out with your, your song. So uh, <laughs> might even get Sam to sing along to it. Who knows? Who knows? Go on, Back Sammy. in vocals. Yeah, right at the back. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Good luck with everything. And if people want to sponsor you, how do they? Yeah, so they can go to my Twitter, at Johnny underscore Jackson, or go on the Charlton Athletic Twitter feed, their website. The story's up there with, with the link to the Virgin Money page. So. It's pretty easy to find. Uh, any 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 donations, a small any, anything that people want to give is, is a big help. So if you've enjoyed the songs, please please give a little donation. And we'll hear from Mr. Jackson right at the end of the show with some never heard before material. Championship isn't all bad, really. Let's see what League One has to offer. Get great offers every day with William Hill. Join today and get £30 in free bets when you bet £10 using the promo code C30. Whether you like great prices, free bets or in-play scoreboards, William Hill has you covered. William Hill is who you play with. Promo code C30. New online customers only. Minimum £10 stake. Win only. Minimum odds 1 to 2. Free bets paid as free £10 bets. 30-day expiry. Free bet payment method player and country restrictions apply. For one final time, Joe Critty, Adrian Clark and Sam Parkin with me, Caroline Barker. The big disappointment um, that Adrian pointed out just before the show was that, that, Joe, we are seeing you on FaceTime as well, but you haven't got any Bolton gear on you. 
No, um, I was quite disappointed, and I hope my mum's not listening because I was, I was actually going to get a Bolton Wanderers tattoo, probably about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, all the tattoo shops are shut. So, is that <laughs> I was true? Get, yeah, I was gonna, I, I was gonna get like a, a kind of. Uh, a, a mixture of various different things that have have meant a lot to me in my life, and I was going to have a, a Chester and a, a, a Bolton Wanderers emblem within that, but uh, uh, sadly that's had to be postponed. Can I offer you a parting gift? If there is a tattooist listening, or actually, let's run a design competition. If you'd like to design <laughs> Joe Crilly's Chester Stroke Bolton tattoo, I mean, and why wouldn't you want that? And also pick out on his body where you'd like it to go. Do get in touch with the show at the Tattoo just, Show. Just a head of Bruce, Bruce Rioch's head. Surely that would do. <laughs> Joe, look, my, uh, my girlfriend's sister's a tattooist, mate, so you can have a freebie. When we're through all oh, this. superb! No at all, I get her to design. Superb! It. She'll be looking for things to do. My only worry is it, it might come out a bit naff, like a, a half and half scarf or or one of those daft shirts that <laughs> that kind of have one team and the other team on the other side. But... Hey, I was gonna, I was about to say you'll never have to worry about playing each other, but you never know. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Let's talk uh, all things League One, shall we? The headlines from which Portsmouth fans have started receiving their EFL Trophy final tickets in the post, which is a bit odd given the lack of football right now and because the match should have already happened. Steve Evans, Gillingham boss, says if the season can't be completed, then it should be declared null and void, saying if you start it, the season, you have to finish it. If you don't, you have to expunge it. Big words from the big man. Coventry City's players have unanimously decided to take a 25% pay deferral for the foreseeable future. And Oxford United are distributing face masks with their badge on to NHS workers' charities uh, and some season ticket holders. The club's tie owner, who goes by the name Tiger, says they've been tested in his home country. Hands up who wants, uh, because I can see this, who wants a Tiger face mask then? Sam. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually only Abby that put her hand up. So so we'll get you one. We'll get you one. All right. Before we all gathered, I got on the phone to Burton chairman Ben Robinson to get his take on the state of play at the Brewers and, and the EFL overall. They've been using their ground to help as a testing site for frontline workers. And they've been helping with food banks, with care in the community. They're typical of a football club that is rooted in their home, in their community. Well, let's start with... With how you are, I saw that the the ground's been opened up for testing, which is which is brilliant to help the community. How's it all going? Yes, yeah, going really well. You know, um, I think a point I made about um, when there was talk about football club going out of business because of this horrendous situation, where so many people have lost their lives and, and also the great financial impact on families uh, and businesses. And um, point I made was that you know there, there should be more uh, spoken about. The, the role that football clubs pay in in their community, play in their community, and how much support they give, you know, and um, and at Burton we've got a Burton Army Community Trust, you know, which um, provides employment for nearly fifty people, delivers over fifty projects a year, engages with seven thousand people each week in the community. Since lockdown, uh, we provided a room for the midwife to use. The pregnant um, ladies couldn't go to the the GP or to the hospital, so we provided a room, and then um, the county council asked us if we would help with our community trust to deliver food parcels. I think in the county of Staffordshire, there's like 22,000 um, uh, vulnerable people who n- need to seek help from this food parcel scheme. 
Um, so the Prodi Stadium has been a hub for that. And then more recently, over the past 10 days or so, we provided the Prodi Stadium car park site and one of the buildings for testing, you know, a drive-through testing facility, which I gather when it gets rolled out, you know, will go beyond the NHS and essential workers to, I think, the public eventually uh, and probably become a 24-7 operation. Thank you. Thank you for underlining what clubs at all levels mean to the community. And there's the key point, right? How important it is that that your club keeps going, that these clubs within the the EFL keep going and and beyond. How close are you to, to your club not being there and to other clubs that you may have heard of not being there? Right. Okay. So if you look at the challenges uh, that we face, uh, financial challenges, so I'll ask game was against Bolton. I think it's the 10th, 11th of March. And uh, we had five remaining home fixtures to complete. And two of those were against the two biggest clubs, um, Sunderland and Portsmouth. And we'd already sold out the hospitality for those two games. So we've lost the gate receipts for five games. We've lost the sponsorship. That's Matchball, Match Sponsor, Matter the Match Sponsorship. Uh, We've lost the hospitality. uh, And obviously... All the ticket sales um, that go with that game as well, and uh, and obviously as the weeks have gone by, um, and the extent of, of of the impact of the virus has has become more and more um, known. And you know, obviously we're talking now about well, it doesn't look as though as a as a conference um, entertainment venue that we're going to be open up. Um, maybe this side of Christmas, you know. I, I know it's almost risky doing this ifs, buts and maybes because we've got no idea, have we? We've got no idea what's going to happen. But we did at the start of our show float or talk about this idea that's been floated that, that League One and Two, there might be an eight-team playoff for promotion. You can talk about everyone staying in a in a hotel. Is that is that something you'd back? I think the question of, 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 of having... Um... Uh, a playoff, say, with the top eight clubs, the, the Football League muted. They just muted it as an option. They were just thinking outside the box and thinking, oh, you know, look, we, 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 first thing is we're committed and concerned about the most important thing here is the well-being of, the, of, of individuals and families and their health. That's our priority. And then beyond that, we'll look to see if we can complete the season because if we don't, the financial impact of that are... It's, it's horrendous, absolutely horrendous, right? So and I think that's the line they're going along to see if they can achieve that. Um, it doesn't seem as though probably the idea of the top eight teams playing off is probably going to work. I don't think probably the clubs maybe would, would accept that. Just one final one, uh, and I know there's not a brief answer to this. It is tricky all round, but there was this uh, a letter from, from League One and League Two to, to the EFL asking for salary caps to be introduced yeah. next season. Were you part mm. of that? And is that the way forward? Well, most certainly, yeah. I mean, the thing is that um, I think that's going to happen anyway. When you when you, when you you just consider, so so like, you know, the same, okay, well, what's my, what's my, uh, what's our budget going to be for the playing staff for next season? What's my budget going to be for our, for our, the commercial side of our club next season? Well, now let's think about that. Well, we don't know yet when people will be allowed through the doors to attend celebrations, take for example Christmas. Christmas for, for, for entertainment venues is a massive um, time of the year. You know, all the Christmas parties and celebrations. And uh, so, are we going to have Christmas parties in December? Right? 
are we going to have a celebration for New Year? You know, which are obviously which represents a hell of a lot of turnover. And and then also the big question is when will the government allow fans through the town styles to watch matches? You know, mm-hmm. and the suggestion is while it won't be this year. It might not even be at the start of 2021. So we're talking about February, March. You get to April, and then normally that you'd be coming to the end of the season. You know, so I think there's going to be a, a considerable reduction in budgeting anyway. And those clubs who've got um, behind them rich investors and rich owners, you know, and, and and normally in times of financial hardship, you see that the, obviously the businesses. That have got cash in the bank, um, prof- being profitable, well-funded, rich investors, rich owners. That you know, they, they, they. There's an opportunity for them in these times to succeed and to take big strides forward. You know, so. But for the majority of the clubs, they're going to find that their budgeting is going to be cut significantly. And I think it's good housekeeping to look at this because, obviously, what's come behind this is is to some criticism of what happened with Berry. You know how sadly they, they their demise came about. The decisions that their previous owners took, you know, in like borrowing like you know a million pounds um, on on their asset to, to to do what with? You know, what was that going to do? You know, uh, you can spend as much as your money as you want on on buying players. There's no guarantee that you're going to mm-hmm. produce a successful formula. You know, so it's quite a quite a risky. Um, project that was um so i think it's good yeah, it's good to, to to say to clubs well look you know we're going to make you keep your house in order and this idea of at the end of the season breaking even you know and not running up huge losses and i think that's uh that's just a big step in the right direction you know and it probably needs that sort of um governance in the game for it to uh, to really happen that was ben robinson burton albion chairman Ben, talking about, Sam, that the salary cap proposal for next season then, financially things have got to change. I'll get your thoughts on this too, Adrian. Salary cap, is, as players or, or knowing players as, as you do within the league, think they'll go for that? Um, I think it'll be split down the middle. Uh, I think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, Nicola Palius, I think it was really... Was was pro bringing it in, and it seems to be the general consensus in the the lower divisions that this is the way we're going to go. Reading the news this week, maybe there's equal problems or even bigger problems in the championship, considering the salaries that were shown this week. Not just the playing staff as well, but across the board, really at championship level, mm. we know that that's really spiralled out of control. And it made me think back to you know after the collapse of ITV Digital, I think it was, and. Just subsequently to that, I got my move to the championship and my salary probably equates to what they're earning at the top level of League Two now. So they certainly cut back during that period uh, after a time when the championship was spending big wages. And and it looks like we've reached another period where there's going to have to be dramatic changes. Um, I think that was really alarming to see just exactly what type of money the clubs are spending at that level. But yeah, I mean, in terms of the salary cap, I think players, you want to be rewarded for being successful. And I think Adrian's point last week was a really valid one as well about the uh, discrepancy in terms of the uh, budgets at the clubs in League One and League Two. There's such a difference in size and, and revenue between the likes of Sunderland and the teams down the lower reaches of, of League One, how they would police it. I don't know, but it's certainly something that seems to be gathering speed. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I just think if, if you're Sunderland and you can afford to pay someone, you know, I don't know, let's say eight grand a week, uh, and that's and that's the limit, then then it's pointless having the having the salary cap because other clubs wouldn't be paying that much anyway, would they? That's just a, just an example. So I think it should be if they're going to have a salary cap, it should be linked towards the the revenue generated with the clubs. And, and of course that's another burning issue that, you know, how clubs run their operations in the future. Um, Personally, I feel that the first point of call will be to slim down playing staff. I think that we will see, you know, clubs that have 40 professionals or 50 professionals slim that down to, to 30, for example. So we're going to see a lot of lot of footballers leave the game, unfortunately. If there is a salary cap that comes in that's really strict and stringent, um, then 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 I fear that, that players will be lost to the EFL and they'll go and ply their trade overseas. But 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 listening to Nicola Palios, it, it seems an inevitability. And I don't actually think the players might not be able to have too much say in it. It might be a case of we have to do this in order to survive. So, yeah, watch this space. I, I think salary caps may well come in. Joe, I know we, we talked briefly about um, Bolton and, and their situation. Can I just ask you from a, a sponsor's perspective, and I, I know you can't speak on behalf of the company, but but are you hearing anything about whether sponsors will will pull away from football, whether there's going to be that, that sense that actually... They've got to rethink too. I've not heard anything, so I can't say with any uh, definitive uh, expertise. But I, I would think that I mean podcasts like like this one and the many other football podcasts that are out there. The way that people are talking about how desperate they are for football to return, mm-hmm. I think the appetite for sponsorship once it returns, if clubs can get to the level or, or can get to the point where football does return. I think sponsors will be desperate to get involved with football because there are going to be so many more eyes. I think people have kind of taken for granted the amount of football that's on TV. And I've seen a number of tweets that have said, I'll never take for granted Burnley versus Bournemouth on a mm-hmm. Super <laughs> Sunday. Sorry, hang on. <laughs> Uh, for those that won't know, we're also on, on FaceTime at the moment and a, a big cat just walked in front of Joe's head, which uh, you could use to replace That's the hair that you've one. shaved off. How many yeah, cats no, have you I, got, I, Joe? Just I've, I've got two. I'm the Tiger King. <laughs> Should have got you that face mask. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, uh, uh, yeah, so I just had to put her down. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think that people will be uh, desperate to get involved with football once it all starts again, to, to put it succinctly. <laughs> Joe puts down his cat live on it. He didn't. No cats were harmed in the <laughs> of this show. Uh, that was League One into League Two next. This is the Totally Football League show with Caroline Barker. Your headlines then from League Two on the Totally Football League show. Colchester United are going to release their captain and a couple of key players whose contracts were due to end in the summer. Robbie Cowling, the chairman, saying, I wanted to make them as early as I could to give those players a head start in what will be a very difficult environment for out-of-contract players. Macclesfield have furloughed their team, the backroom staff, office staff to help with budgeting. And in a section we like to call kids writing to football clubs, uh, very Ron Seal, a 10-year-old fan in America has sent over his pocket money to Plymouth Argyle after reading the club was in financial difficulty. Kazra Sherrill posted £10 plus his pocket money in a letter which read, I hope this does the club 
some good. What do we make then, just briefly, before we do our team of the season finale from League Two and all the teams this season, about Robbie Cowling and this uh, decision at Colchester United to let the captain go and some key players go, Adrian? I It was the first I've heard of it, to be perfectly honest. Um, I actually think it's it's good in terms of giving the players an early start. But unfortunately, in any other year, actually, it would it would be really helpful to the players. But right now, is anyone looking to to really add to their to their roster and to and to bring in new players? I guess knowing that these these guys are available now will we'll probably give them a, a slight head start on on others. But look, this is going to be a a flooded market, isn't it? In in a, in a few weeks, a few months' time, so many players from League One, League Two, even the Championship will be scrambled around looking for employ employment. I think. It's going to be a horrendous time for, for those out of contract. Um, every club, I guess, every club will be looking to reboot, won't they? Because there are so many players out of contract each summer anyway. Gives them a real opportunity to, to, to start again. I I don't know what the answer is. Um, it'd be nice. I, I, I have heard um, talk of a draft. Some kind of a pool of players that, that are out of contract. St- mm. Stick them in, in a draft setup. Whereby then, then then we can find find that the pick of them new homes that would be an interesting development. But yeah, I wouldn't want to be one of those players right now. That's for sure. Uh, if it does end up being like a bit of an NFL style draft, I'm sure you watched the virtual one that happened, Joe Crilly. Uh, but but no one, I doubt, I doubt. Although maybe they'll prove me wrong. In league one or two, we'll have a house quite like some of those houses we saw on the NFL draft. No, you absolutely don't have to not. Slight <laughs> <laughs> like delay to Joe. I could hear the cat meowing again in the background. Uh, Adrian, you did have a, a couple of Colchester United, or you do have a couple of Colchester United players in your team of the season then from League Two. Can you remind us who's in? Um, yeah, so my keeper, Alex Palmer of Plymouth, right back, Perry and G from Crewe, centre halves, Tom Eastman of Colchester, Charlie Raglan of Cheltenham, two excellent defensive teams there, and, and left back, which is kind of a, a hot spot, I think, in, in, in League Two. There's a lot of good left backs around. I've actually gone for Cohen Bramwell, former Arsenal player, who's been terrific for them. So I've got two real flyers down the sides there. Um, yeah, in my in my back four, and then um, sitting in front of the back four, I've got Ryan Wintle of Crew, a lovely ball playing playmaker who can also drop in and become a third centre half. We're going to go up front in just a minute, but Sam, a reminder of your team. Yeah, I've got um, Alex Palmer in goal as well from Plymouth. Um, same right back, Perry Ng uh, from Crew. One of Adrian's centre halves made my team, Charlie Raglan from Cheltenham. The other one is Nathan Smith at Port Vale. And the left back I went for is goal scoring assist supremo Joseph Mills at Forest Green Rovers. And my first Swindon pick is my holding midfielder, Anthony Grant. He's got goals, goals, goals in his team. Go on then, Adrian, complete your team for us and we'll see how Sam's differs. Well, uh, do you want me to just go through the lot? Go on then. Um, well, I'm going to start with a moment of controversy here because oh. Sam Sam mocked me last week for, for leaving out Anthony Grant. He, he said that was a schoolboy error. And I thought about it and I thought, 
I've got a chance to, to change it here. I, I can bring him in if I like. I can change my system if I so wish. And you know what? I have. So sorry, Ryan Broom of Cheltenham, who was going to be uh, a box-to-box midfielder. Um, I've replaced him with Anthony Grant. So it's Grant and Wintle in a 4-2-3-1. Don't shake your head at me, Caroline. I, I don't know if it's poor management or not, just listening to the respected peers around you. <laughs> I'm just trying to get into his head. But he said it was a, he said it was a big mistake leaving Anthony Grant out. And I, and I respect Sam's opinion, so I've brought him in. There you go. Um, right, very quickly, uh, Randall Williams is, is my right winger. He, he can play right wing back, 14 goals, five assists. Antti Sarsevich is my number 10. Give him a free roll, he'll, he'll score goals. Charlie Kirk from Crew, another good young player. He'll be my left winger. Um, 14 assists for him as well, seven goals. And up front, I'm pretty sure that Sam and me have both gone for this fella, Owen Doyle. I wonder if this is where, Sam, you tell me that you've now benched Grant and he's out of your team. <laughs> we, we probably should have spoke about this before because it's probably going to be the most boring segment of podcast history considering oh, I don't all, know. Those, all those names that Adrian's <laughs> mentioned are in my team. So the one change, he's obviously got Ryan Wintle. He doesn't make my team. I'm sticking with the 4-3-3. But my two advanced midfielders, Sarsovic and the aforementioned Ryan Broom from Cheltenham does make my team. Um, been really impressed with him. Great versatility as well in his game. But I think him and Sarsovic, big threat um, in terms of scoring goals. And then, yeah, Williams bringing the, the pace on the right-hand side. The assist king, really. Him and Nicky Adams, he's the one who's unfortunate not to make either of our teams. Adams from Northampton, who's been brilliant. But he doesn't get in there in front of Williams. Charlie Kirk gives you that lovely... I suppose, ability on the ball coming in field and linking, bit of a showman. He gets in there. And of course, Doyle, like I said to Rose, wasn't it? We had on from Swindon a couple of weeks ago. It's just one of the stories of the EFL this season, Owen Doyle. I mean, incredible. I had a little look. 30 goals he's been involved in in 28 games for Swindon in terms of goals and assists. Absolutely incredible stats. And um, he's been sensational. So he leads the line and... A quick mention for Jerry Yates, his partner at Swindon, who's the other one really who could argue to be in that team playing maybe on the right or the left or as a front two. So he's unfortunate along with Adams from Northampton. I love the fact actually that both your teams look at all those players and they could all do it at a level above easily. I think. Mm. And, well, and this is one thing that happens, Caroline. You, you look at the PFA team of the year each year. I would suggest that seven, eight, nine of each team ends up either getting cherry-picked by teams from a higher division, either the following season or at least the season after. So, yeah, I think a lot of these guys will be in League One next year. The two wide players, definitely Williams, um, who started at, at Watford and Kirk and, and the right-back, Perry Engie. I think those three in particular. Broom, you could add to that list. Certainly there'll be teams, Championship, League One, that would snap your hand off for any of them. Yes, yeah, another reason to stay out of League Two, Joe. Look at the talent that's in it as well. Right, we need a manager. Are you going to agree on that? Sam, let's start with you. Well, I hope we don't. So, yeah, I've got to mention, I think this is probably the one that's best stocked, really, when we're looking at contenders. I would say Matt Taylor's got a shout at Exeter, Lowe at Plymouth, Arto at Crew, most definitely, and Duff at, at Cheltenham. If you're talking about budgets... What he's done is magnificent. I think in his first full season, the defensive um, record, just 27 goals conceded, is phenomenal mm. and plays really good stuff. But if you're asking me what manager I want right now to manage my team, Richie Wellens. 
Richie Wellens. Um, yes, he's got more finances to play with, but you still have to sign the right players. I did a, a TV show with him. He is ridiculously knowledgeable, ridiculously passionate, knows about every player, relatively recently retired. So I think he still has that rapport with the players. But mm. I think he's tough on them as well. And he had a big job going into Swindon in a dressing room where it wasn't uh, full of harmony, I would say at the time. So he had to rebuild style of football uh, and they score goals. And, you know, what would I rather have? I'd have a team that go and outscore rather than a team like Cheltenham who keep copious amounts of clean sheets. I want to get off my seat and cheer. So Richie Wellens is my guy. I think he's not wrong. I think he's right, Adrian. No, he's not. He's not right. <laughs> You've you got to build from the back. You've got to have a solid base, haven't you? Look, <laughs> hard to disagree with anything that, that, that Sam said, but I am going to go for that solid base. And I'm going to go for the guy that's punched above his weight. Joe Crilly. The, the most. Uh, no. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> budgets aren't big at Cheltenham Town. Um, they finished 16th last year. They were really in danger at one point. And he's turned them around. The system works great, three at the back. And and yeah, the the, the, the organisation is brilliant. I think the recruitment's been excellent. And uh, yeah, for, for, for all those reasons, Michael Duff, especially with my front four, he'll just say to them, just run amok. Just, 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 just go and do your thing, and he'll organise that back four and the two in front, and and he'll shut up shop. and And Sam's boys will not get a look in. Michael Duff is going to lead us to glory. Uh, well, there are the reasonings, the arguments <laughs> behind both their teams of the year. You'll be able to see them on social media at the Totally Show. You can have a look back as well at the Championship and League One teams of the year too from the season that has been. Hasn't quite gone yet, and who knows where it will end up. Well, that's almost it for the show. Before we go on our, our little, our little break, our little break. But Sam, you've been begging for a blooper reel, mentioning it on several occasions to Abby throughout the season. Uh, but I think you're going to regret it. Here's why. Should we head to League Two? Yay! <laughs> it was just like being at Charlton. <laughs> Eureka! What's that coming over the hill? It's Big Sam Parking. You should have marked him. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's yeah, good. good. That's decent. Yeah, that yeah. decent. Of course, Dickie was in the away end last night. Anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> I was just thinking, was he? I'm sure. I was like, he played well. Um, no, it was that supporter's penis. I was very much brought up in a Chinese household. Hello, I'm Caroline Barker. You can find me on the Totally Football League show. And this week we're talking... Oh, you have just put this, this and this. Is that generic enough for you? <laughs> you want me just to read that? Yeah, I love you. Oh, ding, drunk again. That's not why I was off. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> I squirted all over my bedroom floor. Brilliant. I love uh, watching your expressions throughout that. Well done, Abby, on putting that together. The Terrific, heads in yeah, hands. Great, great music. Yeah, several uh, times. Yeah. Several times. I was brought up in the Chinese household. That that I, I, that just tickled me. <laughs> uh, that, well, that is almost it from us. I think we are still recording, uh, which gives me time just to say thank you to you, Joe Crilly. This is your last show with us. It's been emotional. Um, but where were Bolton when you started this show, and where will they end up? Uh, I think the slide had begun. Um, oh, so we can't back, take credit was, for it. 
No, back when I was in the uh, the Jazz FM basement with uh, with Matt and Ian. It's been a wild ride, a fun ride. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, it has, and it's been a delight having you on as well, Joe. Adrian, to your ability to take a stat and feed it into absolutely everything is second to none, second to none, and I hope we get to work together in the not-too-distant future. Sam, it's been emotional. Your singing has proved there is possible and I hope the backing track happens <laughs> with you and Johnny. That's a combination that everyone wants to hear and see. And lastly, Abby, uh, what people don't know about you is you're not actually really posh. And that heady night we spent at Faces in Romford will go down in history. Uh, you, three kebabs, and the rest is somewhere on social media. Thank you, everyone. But in particular, thank you to Muddy Knees for putting this show together. The show will be back, minus a couple of us, but it will be back stronger, I'm sure, for it. You have been an absolute delight. Thank you for listening. Thank you for engaging. And thank you for being part of the Totally Football League family. Because after all, that's what we all are. And here's hoping we all come out of it the other end much better. Thank you for being with us and we will see you next time. Bye for now. So take your routines and your shopping with no lines Greeting family and friends at any time Throw it all away and be sure to sanitize Cancel social gatherings of any size Cause now you're forced to stay at home and only go out in Drop of milk for your morning cup of tea. No work today for most, and God knows when they'll be. So make the most of this rare opportunity. Take the chance to stay at home and slow it down And if you do, you can't push the virus around So stay inside, save lives, the NHS is on its knees Let's help him fight this deadly It's something unpredictable, something we've never seen. Coronavirus, COVID-19. Muddy Knees Media.